I'll go home as a beggar and never be your wife. Hi, I'm Mary. And I'm Katie, and this is The Housewife Did It. Pop culture edition. Okay, so it's November. It's Christmas mm-hmm. time now. Yes. Halloween over. Yeah, I, I'm i not one of those people who's like, don't skip Thanksgiving. Like, I truly don't care about Thanksgiving in any capacity. I don't like Thanksgiving food. I don't understand the notion of celebrating the holiday. <laughs> yeah. I love Thanksgiving food, and I love the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, but I love it as a as a prequel to Christmas. <laughs> but this Halloween, I did notice what seemed to be a major trend. And I mean, people have done this before, but like, man, mm-hmm. it kind of took over this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this trend of dressing as celebrities, but like in their street fashion. So not like mm-hmm. their most iconic outfits, just like moments caught by paparazzi, which mm-hmm. was cute. So I saw Colleen and Matt from Love is Blind dressed as like two different renditions of David and Victoria Beckham. So many people, including toddlers, dressed as various versions of Taylor Swift and mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, which I guess we saw coming. Mm-hmm. A few iconic Haley and Justin Bieber's with their totally mismatched heels and then sweatpants vibes. Mm-hmm. And then I saw uh, Courtney and Travis Barker from when she held up the sign at his concert that she was pregnant, which is funny because she was costuming yeah. from another look when she did that. So Yeah. I like the ones that were like very specific references to celebrities Mm -hmm. so some of my favorites were madison Lacroix from southern charm and her husband were nick lachey and jessica simpson from their reality show Mm -hmm. specifically the episode where they're arguing over jessica simpson not knowing what tuna is Mm, yes because like that i remember watching that show but we were little obviously and i thought when i slid through the carousel that they were just more pictures of Madison and her husband. Mm. Like, that's how spot on it was. I saw a lot of Steve Harvey's yelling, sit on it. Mm-hmm. A Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff riding getaway car. Renee Rapp and Lola Tongue dressed up as Justin Bieber and the girl he would pull on stage back in the day. Like For the one less lonely girl. For the one less lonely girl, yeah. Yeah. Um... Katy Perry, I saw someone dressed as Katy Perry trying to put her hamburger dress back on in the bathroom, specifically. <laughs> um, and quite possibly my favorite one, Taylor from Love is Blind's parents dressed up as Taylor and JP. Wow. I would kill mm-hmm. my parents, but cute. Yeah. She commented, she said, haha, I love it. Um, but I just love how, like, specific they were. So they, she, the mom was wearing Taylor's, like, actual, like, reunion dress. Okay. I believe. And dad was wearing, obviously, American flag stuff. Yeah. I also, this one's less fun, but I thought it was hilarious. I did see one the other day, someone dressed as Tucker Carlson and the green M&M from Mm -hmm. when he was like, the woke woke M&Ms are back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was cute. I mean, cute. Tucker Carlson's not cute, but it was a cute idea. Yeah. Okay. 
on to catching up on the news stuff. Mm-hmm. Record labels are starting to enforce rules that would prevent artists from re-recording and like their policies are obviously different but anywhere from 10 to 13 years after 10 to 13 or 10 10, to 30 10 to 30 i'm taylor i am taylor swift (laughs) 10 to 13 10 to 30 years from i guess when like the original was recorded and this is all due to the success of taylor's versions i hate that yeah like i get it I and guess, like, I mean, like, yeah. I, I think that I think the thing is, if you, if you are a recording artist and you see in your contract that it suddenly says you will not own the rights to your music for thirty years, you cannot re-record it for thirty years. Like, do not sign that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so if as long as they're being upfront about it, like, whatever. But like, it just kind of reinforces, I think, what Taylor Swift has been saying about the mm-hmm. music industry that like it isn't about the respect for these artists and their craft. Yeah. Yeah, I also think, like, for the most part, like, no one is re-recording after, like, two years. It's been confirmed that Matthew Perry's death was not overdose-related, so they have released the toxicology reports. It was weird, because, like, when I was reading it, it was, like, no meth or fentanyl. And I was like... Anything else? Yeah, what? But I'm guessing, like, they feel confident that those would be the things he would have overdosed on? I don't really I know. think that those were the things that he was, like, struggling with. Right, yeah. I just, I mean, you could overdose on other things. I, think, I just, I'm guessing yeah. that anything they found in his system was maybe, like, prescriptions or, like, they're not going to say, like, there was nothing because he could have yeah. been drinking or, you know. I think that, like, when somebody who does have a history of yeah. substance abuse dies like that and like a very like odd like unexpected like yeah not super clear way people think of like cory monteith and like oh like they must have like relapsed and so like i think i think people are just trying to like kind of like clear his name in a way and be like yeah it's not like it wasn't that like it wasn't his fault like it wasn't like he was doing drugs again he just something happened yeah also, I'm guessing that the rumor that Leah McSweeney could possibly join the next season of Roni is not true, since she was one of the very few housewives to be quoted in this Vanity Fair article that has come out about mm. Bethany's reality reckoning. Like, on, like, like pro-Bethany? Yeah, it's like Bethany's article, essentially. So, in the article- I hate reality reckoning. I know. In the article, many housewives have stated that the network should answer for the ways that it broke them down. Uh, there were a lot of housewives, I guess, included, but only three were quoted, like, were not anonymous. Mm-hmm. And that was Leah, Bethany, and Ebony, who is also a former New York housewife. So, they point out the way that alcohol is the center of many Bravo shows, including on Watch What Happens Live, when there's, like, drinking games and the shot ski and things, which I just think is rich coming from Bethany, who made her her name on Bravo by selling alcohol. I also, like, I think that that's fair to say that that's, like, a big part of the shows, but as someone who's, A lot of people have gotten sober. Right, like, they're they're never like for like you don't have to drink if you don't want to like if you that was the case they wouldn't keep sober people on the show they wouldn't like follow their sober journey on the show yeah. like 
like you don't have to drink if you don't want to i also think that ignores that alcohol is like normalized and like the center of like Mm -hmm. society like this is not like new to bravo we just think that alcohol is like how you have fun it's like how you know so Mm -hmm. it's like i don't think that's like crazy i don't think it's just bravo who like people who are getting share houses in the hamptons are drinking like it's not just on summer house that's what they're doing i also think that like and i'm not one of those people who's like you know what you signed up for because i do think there are things that come with reality tv that are difficult but on the other hand like yeah if something crazy happens after y'all have been out drinking they're of course they're going to ask you about it of course they're going to amp it up for the drama like that's how reality tv works and so like if you don't want to be a part of that like don't like but probably half the reason y'all got a show in the first place is because your friends are sloppy drinkers and it's funny yeah cast members made other accusations that kind of make this alcohol use worse so they said that producers would hold up their phone screens with words in a really large font to redirect conversations ebony specifically said that once she was having a conversation and they held up bring up sonia's drinking and she ignored that leah and ebony both said that the show made no effort to curb sonia's drinking and like i don't know if you watched this part of roni but like with with the sonia's drinking stuff was also like pill use being brought up so the show made no effort to like seek help for sonia or like Mm -hmm. get her on a sober track or anything like that only to have it brought up and have those discussions which yeah that's shitty right yeah like they like that sucks to know that like these people are essentially being told like don't keep that a secret like we want to hear about it and and then also like not providing sonia or anyone with like any resources yeah but i also think like in the same way that you can't like make someone like they aren't making people drink Mm -hmm. on the show like you also can't like make someone get sober right and i think that like there are obviously things you can like do to try to help them onto that path but like truthfully like they don't know what went on with Sonia and the producers in private like maybe people did have conversations with her but even if they didn't like it's not necessarily their job to help her become sober maybe they could have avoided making it like a centerpiece if they knew she was having trouble yeah but I think that like whenever they ever they've never they never stepped in to try to stop James from drinking right and I think he was like, like being like he was like physically assaulting people when he was drinking yeah, and I think there's, like, twofold, right? Like, if you don't want it to be overly produced, then people who don't have cameras around them, they don't have someone sitting there telling them, like, you have to get sober. They have to make that decision on their own. So, like, you right. can't, like, produce sobriety either. Right. But I do agree that, like, they shouldn't be forcing them to bring up sensitive stuff. Like, the thing is, yeah, yeah. it'll it'll write itself. Like, James is... Yeah use of alcohol is going to come up whether Mm -hmm. you tell them to bring it up or not because we're going to see him drunk right and if if we're expecting producers to jump in and be like be advocates for people to become sober i think that season 10 of vanderpump rules would have turned out a lot differently because james 
had previously like identified as an alcoholic and gone on this sober journey and on this pre this last season he was drinking again yeah and there were no efforts to stop him either even though like he has admitted to having a drinking problem and it's like on the one hand like that's real life like people people change their mind and say i can manage right alcohol in, in small doses or you know yeah um i did not plan to talk about this but then i've seen it posted a lot so then i'm like maybe it's a bigger deal than i thought I didn't think it was that big a deal because I didn't think it was shocking. Uh, but Ebony alleged a lot of microaggressions from Ramona Singer. And then some producers, I think there's still allegations by Ebony, but like that, that Ramona had said some things about black producers and at one point said the N-word not... Uh, to describe the producer, but to the black producer, to describe something else, <laughs> and yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> so none of that surprises me. Yeah. Though. So I, I kind of, I was reading the Vanity Fair article and I was like skimming past the Ramona. I was like, yeah, Ramona's racist. Like we know that. <laughs> like yeah. that's fine. But now everyone is kind of saying like Ramona's canceled. Like Ramona obviously denies these things were we were we backing ramona i don't know prior to that well the other thing is i didn't think anybody was a fan of her but they do have the new ultimate girl strip coming out or has already Mm. started or whatever of the legacy new york girls and so ramona Mm -hmm. is on that yeah so i don't know and we've said like bravo you got to keep the same energy you You do yeah fired Kristen and stassi yeah you have to keep that energy. And technically those were, I mean, yes, they like admitted to it, but it's like, those were also allegations. Like, it's not like just stuff that you catch yeah. on camera. Like, right. if multiple people are saying that Ramona said these things, and I think Ramona's lawyer even said, like, she may have said that word, but she wasn't calling someone that word. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Like, y'all, they didn't keep that energy with Catherine Calhoun Dennis. Uh-huh. Um, and now she's hidden so running need- traffic controllers. <laughs> I need y'all to make up for it. Yeah. Also, Real Housewife of Orange County, Shannon has been sentenced to three years probation and community service after her DUI charge. After her DUI charge, following that hit and run that we talked about. Not the one that Catherine did. No, but no. I'm guessing different we'll, hit and run. I'm guessing we'll get to update you on the Catherine Calhoun Dennis one soon. Last week it was like all the tidbits were about Kyle's, and now all the tidbits are about hit and, hit and runs. runs. Yeah, and Bravo. Yeah, uh, yeah. After we just were like, it's not Bravo's fault. Everything's about alcohol, and then we're like, yeah, hit and run. <laughs> Do yeah, I think like, <laughs> um. Like, you know that, like, scene in Phineas and Ferb where he's like, if I had a nickel for every time, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. Like, yeah. if, if, like, it's strange that two Bravo celebrities now have had hit and runs pretty close together. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think they're the only two. Well, but, like, right recently. Now. Yeah. 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 I just, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Roni reunion has wrapped. I read something that explained it quite well, that it seemed that Uba was misled on what happens on these reunions or how to act at a reunion, 
Was she misled, or she just, like, came up with an idea of how she was supposed to act? I don't like, did know. Did someone tell her to act like this? I don't know, but it just seems that way, that, like... Yeah, reunions, she does not know what she's doing. Yeah, reunions have drama, but they also are these, like, kind of cathartic experiences where, like, you move on. Um, and Uba, nope. Her, yeah. ac- her throwing an accusation that no one wanted Jenna on the show ended on... Nothing. It ended up being yeah. nothing. That they just were worried she wouldn't fit in. She seemed to just throw these weird comments out, even at, like, heartfelt moments, which was just strange. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. That was weird. Yeah. It was, like, very weird to watch her. Mm-hmm. So I think that that makes a lot of sense, that she just, like, maybe didn't know how to act. And I think especially when we see, like, how things played out by the end of part two. Yeah. Like, it seemed like she kind of got with the program and was like, oh, wait, maybe I'm being a bitch for no reason. Yeah. But it was, like, it was a, it was just weird because, like, it things would just, like, fall out of her mouth at the weirdest times. Like, it was, it was odd. Yeah. Then her reaction to Jenna, so they discussed this scene where apparently Uba goes to Jenna's house early in the season, but Jenna didn't tell her cameras were going to be there. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't, like, ready. Uh, I do think that's a little strange. You're having a get-together with all of the ladies that just got signed on for a reality show. And yeah. you're shocked that there's cameras there. And they've all said they weren't friends with Jenna before. Yeah. So, like, why else are you going to Jenna's house if there aren't going right. cameras? But whatever. But Jenna, in her confessional, said, I saw the Uba hot side of Uba. Uba was incredibly offended by this, and everyone was kind of confused about, like, why? And yeah. she finally explained that it wasn't offensive that she was called Uba hot. It was offensive that it was insinuated that she had another side to her, and that, like, that made it seem like she was, like, two-faced. Which mm-hmm. did seem to me to highlight, like, a language barrier, um, yeah. A bit of, like, not understanding, like, the colloquialisms, just, like... Yeah. I, I don't think Jenna meant that she was two-faced. Right. I think she just meant, like, Uba's sweet, but she also calls herself Uba Hot, yeah. and I saw the Uba Hot part. Yeah. And, like, everyone's multifaceted. You're gonna have different feelings and different situations. Also, like, girl, Jenna's branding for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, let her... Like, that's, like, your whole business. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, happy BravoCon to everyone who celebrates. Mm-hmm. They have released a, I won't even call it a trailer, I guess, but, like, a teaser mm-hmm. for Vanderpump Rules Season 11. I won't say anything, like, is for sure, because they could be clipping things together differently. But it mm-hmm. at least looks like Tom and Ariana will be filming some scenes together mm-hmm. with James drawing separation lines in the sand. Yeah, a lot of things you could say about James Kennedy, but you cannot say he is not fucking funny. He's hilarious. <laughs> One clip shows Ariana accusing Tom of trying to kill her dog, and then she mm-hmm. tells him that her lawyer will be dealing with him. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out if there's something, if this is related to Charlotte. Yeah. Or I... there was a rumor at one point that, like, 
in season 10 when Raquel was telling James about Graham getting hurt at daycare, there was a rumor that Graham was not at daycare and that he got hurt playing with uh, Ariana's pit bull. Oh, yeah. And so I don't know if maybe, like, something about, like... Oh, like, you're trying to get my dog, like, like put like, down? Like, euthanized? Like, for... well, that Tom... No, not that, but, like, that that Tom was taking the pit bull to Raquel's with Graham oh. without Ariana's knowledge. And so, like, that something maybe happened then, or that just being Ooh, around Graham, yeah. because she says Graham is, like, a biter and stuff. Yeah. Maybe Graham getting hurt was, like, a more serious ordeal. Mm. And there was, like, some... I don't... So, I don't know if, like... Like, maybe they got in a fight or something, and... yeah. That's what she's talking about? I don't know. Um, I also want to know more about the scene where Katie is telling someone that if they continue to be friends with Tom, they will lose Ariana. Because I hope it is Sheena. It sounded like she said Sheena. But again, that could be sound bites. But I swear she said, Sheena, you will lose Ariana. Yeah. And, like, Katie and Sheena have been, like, friends more recently. Yeah. But, like, from, from what we saw at the beginning of filming, like, somebody does need to sit down and tell Sheena that. Yeah. Because, like... And she's been like this since the beginning, but, like, she is continuing to not be a girl's girl. And, like, that's your only option at this point. Like, you yeah. have to be a girl's girl. I do feel like have. if it's if it's about the, like, picture that Lala mm-hmm. and Sheena took with him, mm-hmm. like, I don't think Ariana was mad about that. No, I don't think so either. Like, I think we, I think I remember her saying, like, we're on a show, like, they're allowed to take pictures with fans, like and not, like, kick him out of the picture, you know? Um, So I do want to know, like, did something else happen? Like, or was Katie still just being salty at that point? Like, I do, like, want, yeah, like, what else was... I have seen, I have seen rumors of Sheena hanging out with Tom other than that specific instance from the beginning of filming. Hmm. So I think, I think that she has trying, she has been trying to balance both somehow, or at least was shady i know so on southern charm this is kind of a recap from last week's southern charm because i haven't finished this week's but what happened last week was bonkers and we didn't mention it so here we go okay um unfortunately we had to see olivia deal with the death of her brother okay the entire cast is rallying around her um austin specifically like if you remember earlier like austin's first season he tells us about how his sister died when he was like seven and so he like tells her like basically he's saying that they they now have like a trauma bond because both of them have lost a sibling and like she kind of thanks him for like understanding and being there for her and like offering her support in a way that like he's the only other person who understands it and then there's still drama though Okay. Even though we're supposed to be, like, rallying around Olivia and being there for Olivia, there is still drama. So keep in mind that Olivia, right before her brother died, had just found out that her best friend made out with her ex, who she is not even on speaking terms with. Mm-hmm. Um, so after her brother passes away, Vanita wants all of the girls to get together, lift Olivia up. But she's, like, not totally sure where Olivia and Taylor stand. So she calls Taylor to ask if they're on good enough terms to be together at the girls' night. And Taylor has the audacity to say, basically, that Olivia should only be surrounded by people who actually know her. 
implying that Vanita, Leva, and Madison don't deserve to be at the girls' night that they put together because they don't know Olivia well enough. Well, Taylor, then Um, you should have done something. Right. Like, and and Vanita was basically like, well, first of all, like, I do know Olivia. Um, We have been friends with Olivia for a couple of years now. We met her the same way that you did. Yeah. Secondly, I did not try to fuck Olivia's ex-boyfriend. So, I don't think you have the right to tell me that I can't be there for her. So, that's, like, people, like, the girls are pissed at Taylor for that. Then, JT, who's, like, a new guy, he's awful. Um, His one redeeming quality is that he's a type 1 diabetic. Is he the, like, pedophile-looking guy? (laughs) He's the only new white guy. Okay. Then, yes. So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um... So, he says that he's gonna, he has, like, a launch party coming up for his business, and he decides to switch it into a dinner for them to come together and support Olivia. And so, they all get there, and Taylor still causes drama Hmm. at this dinner for supporting Olivia. So, Madison, who, let, let me just be very clear, I fucking love Madison. I know that she has never been a popular person on this show but i live for her she's like the southern stassi Mm, good for me like just like shit stirrer bad bitch alert like i love her um so she's going around at this party again probably not the right place because it's for olivia but she's going around at this dinner and telling everyone that she heard from whitney and patricia that taylor sent nudes to whitney so everyone is why asking Why do Taylor, people be doing this? Why Whitney? Yo, I don't fucking Whitney get it. Whitney is so gross. He's gross. Like, he's ugly, but also, like, he is just a terrible person. Like, I know he's got money, but, like, y'all. So she explains herself. Don't worry. She gives us a reason. So they're all, like, sitting around the table eating, and they're like, Madison, did you really- Or not Madison. Taylor, did you really send nudes to Whitney? And Taylor's, like, beating around the bush. And then Craig is like, yes, she did. I saw them. Good for you, Craig. And Taylor says, okay, yeah, I did. But they were completely dark, so you couldn't see anything. And she only did it to get back at Shep. To which I say, first of all, get back at him with someone fucking else. Yeah. And secondly, sending unsolicited nudes... Is not the way to get back at your ex. No. Also, nudes where they can't see anything doesn't seem like a good strategy of revenge. That part's probably not true. Yeah. Because then Madison shoots back that she also saw them and that she saw every part of Taylor in them, which is kind of where the episode ends at that point. It was, like, really funny. So, like, Madison was telling Craig and Paige about the nudes and they're like oh my god and Craig was like oh I yeah I've seen them and Paige was like what? <laughs> and he was like Whitney showed me and she was like and you didn't tell me that? And he was like I guess I forgot and she was like Craig this is the most interesting thing that has ever happened why did you not fucking like she wasn't mad that he saw yeah. Taylor's nudes she was mad that she didn't get the gossip. Yeah. Um, which is like so Paige. Yeah. Also in Southern Charm, JT, the new guy that is white. <laughs> this is all. 
a white diabetic. This <laughs> <laughs> is the only description I have of him. Um, he like he like very clearly has a crush on Taylor Ann, as he calls her. Marjorie Taylor. <laughs> he tells literally anyone who will listen to him that Shep is stupid to throw her away. Austin is stupid because she clearly likes him and he won't go for her. And like after all this like Whitney bullshit, he's still like, I don't understand why everyone's coming for Taylor Ann. She's like the sweetest, most beautiful, most wonderful person in the whole fucking planet. And I'm like, dude, like you have to like simmer down. Like this is this is weird. Yeah. Your behavior right now. Because he's also the one who told he like at the lunch early in the season he's the one who's like so austin didn't you didn't you fuck taylor and shep was like what and then jt was like i don't know why we're talking about this like i don't know it's not fair to like be ganging up on taylor ann and i'm like you brought it up he's just hoping to get some nudes randomly he's like he's like maybe if i defend her enough she'll use me to get back at shep next Mm -hmm. and then i'll have a storyline and someone's nudes yeah, his, so far his storyline has been FaceTiming his mom and watch, and her having to watch him announce his blood sugar. Nice. I was just thinking, before we move on, have you seen people doing, playing like who's who, but no physical descriptions? Yes. We would be so good at that. Yeah, I, like, would you, do, where, Does do you this know person... where your person was on January 6th? Yeah. Does this person's mom call them? every day yeah yeah my favorite one is the one that uh, they said has your person ever been a barista <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they put down everyone that didn't have colored hair <laughs> yeah yeah all right on to Lindsay hubbard giving us more always more thank you Lindsay. Uh, yeah before we get into this, uh-huh. did you see um, Captain Jason from Below Deck Down Under said that he, like, he ships himself with Lindsay? No. I, I Look, girl, if you don't go for that fucking bag, you're out of your damn mind. Like, He's so cute. Count on that shit. Yeah. He's so cute. He has a daughter, cute. which I think, like, Lindsay I think Lindsay would be so great. Uh, yeah, I think she would love that. And, like, and I think that also, like, having a young daughter, like, they would love to, like, she would love to have, like, their, his second baby. Yeah. And, like, turn his daughter into a big sister. Like, girl, come on. Like, if he's so serious, like, get on it quick. Yeah. So, Lindsay says, not only did Carl blow up her entire life with the blindsiding breakup, but also that the way he handled everything was an absolute betrayal In the last two weeks of summer, she says that Carl had become increasingly combative and aggressive. I need, I need a, a definition from her on aggressive. Yeah, I need to know what that looks like. Yeah. She says that it would have been one thing if the breakup had happened on camera during the summer, but that it happened after filming had wrapped and cameras were called back in was what made it so humiliating, which is fair. Yeah. That's what gets me, too. Like, we talked about last week, like, what Kyle said on Watch What Happens Live about, like, that Carl didn't know where the conversation was going to end up and it just kind of happened to unintentionally end in a breakup and i was like oh that makes sense but then that still doesn't explain why he insisted on having that conversation on camera right like, and that like, he's like 
hey guys, you should catch this. We're just going to sit down and talk about our problems. Right. And I think like, historically speaking, like I don't like Lindsay and I like Carl. And so it's been like weird to me how quickly I flipped. Yes. But it was that fact. It was the fact, like if, if they were not intending to break up, then what in the fuck? So you want cameras to come sit and watch you just talk about your relationship, but then next season we're still going to pick up and show that you got married? Like, right. I don't I don't get what would be the point. So, like, it seems to me, if you called cameras in, you knew this was going to be a scandal level. We've not called cameras back in normally. Like, that's not no. like a normal thing we do. So it comes That's like across, bachelor, bachelor breakup style. Right. It comes across to me that you knew, like, this could be scandal level. This is going to be so big that people are going to want a post-finale mm-hmm. thing. And, like, so I'm not buying that you were going to do that, but just talk. Because I right. don't want to watch that. Bravo doesn't want to come pay producers extra money to come refilm that. So it seems exactly. to me that you would have had to given that, had to have given them, like, why is this going to be good for you to pick cameras back up and come film me? Like, why is it worth their time? And then also, why is it going to be worth viewers' time to watch extra TV Right. If you're just going to talk. And apparently y'all been fighting the whole summer. So, like, why would that be interesting to me? I, like, the first time I can recall that happening in Bachelor Nation was with Ari and Becca. Yeah. And I remember, like, he tried to, like, save himself with it. And he said that, like, he did it because he knew it would make Becca, like, like, people would sympathize with her and she could become like the bachelorette or something and like i think that if you're going to be calling cameras in for something like you have to want something to come out of it like even if i like i and and i can't imagine that if the conversation didn't end in a breakup like what would have come out of it mm-hmm. you know like right. it wouldn't have been interesting for the show wouldn't have done anything for you or Lindsay. like so yeah, I don't I don't buy that he just called them in and then had a thought he was gonna have a normal conversation with her about their problems. Right. She says that Kyle has always had it out for her and that he seems to think she's some sort of master manipulator. In True. fact, Captain Lee had similar things to say on his podcast about Kyle. And Captain Lee was actually supposed to officiate Carl and Lindsay's wedding. So I think this is like an opinion that I would love to hear. But also, interestingly, I'm going to read what he kind of said about Kyle. But interestingly, like, he seems to feel that the public opinion is swayed and that, like, Carl is not, like, a bad guy. Well, that, like, Lee, like, his allegiance is to Carl. Like, well, that's why they're, that's why he would have been officiating their wedding, I think. Yes, but it seems weird to me that your allegiance would be to Carl, and yet you're gonna say what he says about Kyle. Um, like, typically people that agree with Carl, I think, are agreeing with Kyle, that it's Lindsay, but it sounds like Captain Lee is like, no one here is a winner. Like, everyone lost when they broke up. Captain Lee said, quote, Kyle comes out and says he could see the cracks in the relationship. Wake up. You were part of the cracks. You're supposed to be Carl's best friend, and all you do every waking moment that you're talking to Carl is bad-mouthing Lindsay. Is that what friends do? And so I think, like, 
That's so weird to me that, like, you... That's, like, that's like saying, like, stop bad-mouthing Lindsay. Like, so I think Captain Lee was just a Rad House supporter. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, great, fine. Um, and everything he says about Kyle is true. Kyle needs to skedaddle out of this. Kyle, need, Kyle needs therapy. Yeah. Like, something that has, like, stuck with me is Allie on the Vanderpump reunion saying, I think all men should go to therapy. <laughs> and I like every time I hear about a man doing something that I'm like, mm, I'm like, yeah, you need therapy. Yeah. Like simply for existing as a man, like you need, you need to get on to therapy. It's true. Being a man is so hard. It's, it's the worst. <laughs> Lindsay did say that she sold her ring saying that she had money to make up for from her canceled wedding. She is also still living in the apartment that they used to share. She said she put way too much work and time and Mm -hmm. energy and money into making that apartment a home, and so she's going to stay there. I did see that at BravoCon now, she has said, like, I do not speak to Carl, except when I occasionally have to let him into the apartment to get something. She does also say that, thank God, she froze her eggs. Which, Mm -hmm. yes, good for her, girl. Yes. I saw, I think this was at BravoCon, where somebody asked her about a rumor about her becoming a Real Housewife of New York. Have you heard that? Mm Mm-mm. I I don't remember what she said, but I think that would be, like, fun. Like, a fun, like, crossover. Because, like... They do live in New York, mm-hmm. and they they film at different times. So I think that would be cool if like maybe maybe she needs to not be on Summer House anymore. Yeah. yeah. After this, like let Carl have Summer House, and she can be a Real Housewife. Yeah. I think she'd be fun on there. I think so too. I think she would. I think she would fit in really well with a lot of those women. Yeah. All right. On to Bachelor Nation stuff. It was so good to see. Tanner absolutely shitted on Kat. (laughs) The morning after his date with Davia, he tells Kat that he wants someone different from her as his wife. (laughs) I wasn't really following. He wasn't specific about what, but I just... It's not you. It's not you, hun. But don't worry. Kat didn't want to be with him anyway. And good God, spread the news that Tanner did not dump Kat. Mm-hmm. Then Genevieve comes down and her and Blake are going on a date. I must say, like, they just, like, don't seem like a good match to me at first. Mm-hmm. It felt, like, really manufactured, like, because that was just the next stage in the plot was for Blake to explore other options because him and Jess had just mm-hmm. talked about exploring other options. And then, boom, someone comes in and asks him on a date. So it just felt very, like, produced, I guess. I will say later on in the date, they were kind of cute. I was kind of feeling it a little. Not sold, but yeah, not bad. They looked like they were having fun. Yeah. Also, I thought it was very strange that when Jess was talking to Tyler, she said, like, the worst part was seeing Blake... Was that seeing Blake talking to someone else and going on a date made her realize what his type is and, like, what he's looking for? Which I thought was, like, a weird concern to have. Yeah. I also think that that's kind of unfair because, like, in Blake's, like, 
track record. He's dated a lot. He's yes, like Claire and Tasha, not similar. Yeah. Katie doesn't look like either of them. Jess, different from all three. And then Genevieve, I think like the best we could compare her to is Tasha. I guess. But like even then, like they don't look alike. Yeah, but it's they're also built very differently. Like I don't think that he necessarily has a type or has shown what his type is. I think yeah. y'all I think y'all broke up. Like you were there. Jess. Well, I also think to your point, like you've been able to watch him. So like why yeah. as a as a viewer, you've been able to watch Blake. Yeah. So why are you saying like it's just so hard to see what his type is? Like you've been seed. You've been yeah. watching. Like this is not like he he'd been engaged before. He's he's been on our TVs for a while now. So like pretending that we don't we've never watched Blake date anyone is like not true. I, like I just thought it was weird. Like it like that. Is she just concerned that Genevieve looks different yeah. from her? Does she mean like because maybe she knows Genevieve? So is she saying like we're just fair? You know how people on Bachelor always say like if he's yeah. into her, if he likes her, then yeah. he's not in. So I didn't know if it was that that she's like Genevieve's just so different than me. So he he wouldn't like me if he likes her personality mm-hmm. or whatever. And also, that just, like, doesn't seem like the part that sucks the most when you watch a guy you like go on a date. Like, not that he's gonna like someone else, not that he's gonna kiss someone else, it's it's that now you've seen him with someone who doesn't look like you? Like, just seems weird to me. Yeah. Also, not Becca coming in and telling John Henry that because her brother fishes... She understands what it's like for him to be an underwater welder. And he literally said, oh. He's like, what? Not the same. It is not the same. Not even I fish. Yeah. My brother fishes. I did think it was cute. I don't know, man. I think we might have different opinions coming up on this. But I thought it was cute that Brayden chatted with Rachel before going on the date. And I thought it was especially cute because Rachel did not seem like she expected him to. Like, she literally said to him, like, you did not have to pull me. Like, it's all good. Go on. Please go ahead. Have fun. Like, she's so chill. Okay? But then she is super upset. And she's like, I'm so dumb for, like, letting my guard down with this guy. Like, whatever. And I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Like, I'm like, wait, what happened here? But I think she was trying so hard to be the cool girl and to just not care. But it did shock me a little bit because people had been saying, like, Brayden's going to go all in on Rachel, but Rachel is going to take her time. Rachel's going to be cautious. Rachel's not going to go all in on him. Like, she's going to be slower. So then now when she is that upset that he went on a date, I was like, what is going on? Like, I really did not see that coming. I'm not going to lie. I also... Didn't really think she had much to worry about because I did not at all see it coming that Brayden was going to like Becca more than Rachel. Yeah. Do you think he liked her more? He said. He said, this blew my last date out of the water. Yeah. My heart was, like, breaking for Rachel because I think that they are, like, pretty obviously, like, soulmates. Yeah. I don't know, like, what is going on there. And I also think, like, even, like, like, Avon was, like... They came back from yes. their last date. There's the happiest I've ever seen anybody be on Paradise. And, yeah. like, what the hell is going on now? Yeah, I mean, it made me sad for her. And, like, I wanted to see Brayden, or I want to see Brayden and Rachel end up together. 
And yeah, it did kind of bug me when he said, like, my last date I thought couldn't get any better, but today, like, blew that one out of the water. So, like, it does seem like he's fully kind of going to move on to Becca, which sucks, because Becca is annoying. Yeah. Like, what is going on? But I also was just, like, a little bugged by Rachel, and Billy was confused because he was like, Brayden's being shitty to her, right? And I was like, no. Like, I don't think Brayden did anything wrong. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, she said, go ahead. And she said it, like, not like Kat did, where Kat was like, if you have to go, go. She said, like, seriously, go on ahead. And then now she's like, I shouldn't have trusted him. And I just thought that was annoying. Yeah. I think that I, like, understand, though, like, wanting to be, like, chill in front of him. Yeah. And then, like, but not in private. Especially, like, I think because Brayden is younger than her. Yeah. I think that... And and because they, like, just kind of, like, recently connected. Yeah. I get it. I do think that, like, I wish she had said something to him. Because I feel like with where they were after their date, I feel like he may have said, like, you know what, never mind. If she had said, like, I really would rather you not go. Yeah, and I do think it gets different, like... They they all act different on the beach. Once you've given someone your rose, you owe them some sort of allegiance. But it doesn't seem that they feel that way just once you've gone on one date. So I think Rachel was mm-hmm. probably like, we're in this weird limbo where like we did have such an incredible date that it could be enough for me mm-hmm. to tell him not to go. But also, we haven't done a single rose ceremony since then. They haven't done anything since their date. So it's not like they've said yeah. like, now we're together. You know, the main focus... Of the episode, and I guess probably the season, is Kat sucking the life out of me. I hate her so <laughs> much. In fact, I'm so sad that Charity is her friend. That just really bugs me. I literally, I was thinking that I was like, Charity is like so sweet, and Kat is such a bitch. Like, yo, and I think the first the first evidence we saw of it was her being a bitch to Charity. Yeah. On Zach season. And, like, and like not even, like, a, like secretly a bitch. Like, she is, like, adamantly and openly a bitch. Yeah. I don't understand that friendship. I really don't get it. Somehow, Kat is mad at Olivia for making out with Jod Henry in front of her after Kat basically followed Olivia and John Henry over to where they were. And... After Olivia is the one who has been with John Henry for yeah at least a couple episodes. Yeah. I, like, honestly don't see Kat and John Henry having any kind of, like, connection. Yeah. Like, like, meaningful connection. But I also feel like John Henry maybe isn't... I know he says he's really into Olivia, but I wonder if maybe he isn't super into Olivia. And I feel like he's just kind of floating around and accepting whatever attention he's getting. And... It was weird because, like, we watched him being, like, you're my number one. Like, I'm really into you. But then also, like, like I think it was – I think he was trying not to have to kiss her. He was like, oh, do you have lip plumper on? I don't want my lips to burn. Like, I thought he was super into that kiss. I thought he was, like – because then when she said it might be lip plumper, he was just like, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't know. I it seemed cute. cute. I just yeah. can't – I think also, though, that he is very, like – kind of difficult to read yeah like like, i hear what he's saying but his face is just kind of like blank we don't don't yeah we don't see a whole lot of like 
talking between him and Olivia, so we don't yeah. really know, like, what they talk about. But when we saw him yeah. talking to Kat, and he's like, I want my kid to race motocross. And I'm like, they're highlighting how much him and Kat don't have in common, but, like, mm-hmm. do him and Olivia talk about motocross? Right, like, right. Well, I'm well, confused. Olivia said that Kat is uh, soft. Yeah, so I guess Olivia is ready to go fishing and race it. motocross. Uh, She's a tom girl. Yeah. Tomboy. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever that word is. I'm not one, obviously. <laughs> um, also, I thought this was sketchy. Kylie is the one who encouraged Kat to pursue John Henry. And yet, she's also the one that Olivia has been confiding in the most about it. And I think that's shady, girl. Yeah. Um, Olivia called Kylie out on Twitter Ooh. for sabotaging both her connection with Will and with John Henry. Nice. And then in the thread, she said that after she tweeted that, that Kylie had begun attempting to call her. Okay. So then Kylie responded and she said that she doesn't owe Olivia anything because they aren't friends and that she wasn't calling Olivia to explain herself, but was calling to tell Olivia to keep her name out of her mouth. Yeah. So they're like going back and forth. And then Avon comes in. Oh, and says that Olivia should never have been given the chance to become relevant after being eliminated on night one. Okay. And she says that she can call a spade a spade regardless of when she went home. And that going home, the narrative that she went home on night one is, like, tired. It's overused. It so is. So then they go back and forth for a while. And my main takeaway from this is, does this mean that Avon and Kylie are still together? And that's why he's jumping in to defend her? Or does he just also really hate Olivia? Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, my first thought was not like, oh, everyone is yelling at Olivia, but I was like, oh, this must mean they're Mm -hmm. a couple? Yeah. So... It was very entertaining. Yeah, I love when it makes its way to Twitter, or wherever. Um, Especially when we're not done with the season yet. Mm -hmm. I love to speculate. But Kat is not done starting shit. Mm -hmm. So she tells Eliza, who, keep in mind, like, she's not really friends with, that Charity had warned her about Aaron B. And then she says, have you heard that thing about his ex-girlfriend? And that's what she leaves Eliza with. Eliza eventually pulls Aaron to talk about this, and he gives some really sketchy explanation involving multiple women who he has named my ex and the girl. And a long list of various months. Um, honestly, the red flag in this situation wasn't really what Kat told her or what Charity may or may not have said. It was that conversation and the timeline that he attempted to construct. She had not Mm -hmm. even said what the rumor was. She just said, I heard Charity was warning people about you. And he's like, so here's the thing. August and January, and my girl and this, that my ex and this girl, and Eliza's like, you haven't even told me what's being said about you. Like, that is so crazy. Yeah. And then in what certainly feels like another highly produced moment, Charity comes straight down the beach right then. (laughs) 
her and Eliza go and talk, and yet again, we're going to have to wait until next week to actually find out. So this is two weeks in a row where the teaser is, what does Charity have on Aaron? Mm-hmm. What we do know is that Aaron's ex had reached out to Charity and said that he wasn't there for the right reasons, and we also know that Aaron's life has been ruined. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's great that Eliza knows this now, but I think, once again, we can see what kind of person Kat is mm-hmm. by the fact that she didn't bring this up until she had nothing to fucking do on the beach. And then she literally says to Aaron, like, okay, I don't owe you anything. Eliza's my girl, so I had to tell her. Eliza said... You're not her girl. Said you're not friends. Yeah. Olivia she said, said I don't even fucking she said I don't even fucking know this girl. She uh, and she's telling me shit. I don't know who to believe. Eliza literally said, I would trust Charity, who I have never met a day in my life more than I would trust Kat. She said, Kat telling me doesn't mean shit. But if Charity actually said it, that means something to me. So Which is again evidence that they should not be best friends. Right. Also true. <laughs> Ugh. Um, before we jump into what happened on Golden Bachelor this week, there has been a rumor circulating online that Gary cheated on his first wife, Tony, once she became ill. Uh-oh. But from what I've seen, I think people are working really hard to disprove this. Like, I think people are pissed at the at the rumor going around, like, that it's not true. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully it's not. But I'm here to bring you the tea. So Yeah. That's it. Um, also, Gary is apparently sugar granddaddy kin because mm. he is promising everyone that he is going to marry their grandma. Yikes. And I had said I didn't see him telling any of the women he was in love with them, but I think this somehow is worse. Yeah, those poor grandbabies. He also talks about, like, how all of them look at him. Like, when they ask, like, what do you love about my mom? He's like, oh, the way she looks at me. Like, for every single one of them. That's kind of shady, Gary. This is the only. This is the only shady thing. This is as far. This is, we've gotten this far, and this is the only shady thing Gary's done. But still, at Teresa's hometown, he hits it off with her grandsons. But he tells her daughter that he doesn't know if he's ready to say he's in love with her at this stage. And his daughter like really doesn't seem happy about this. Yeah, like she looks like annoyed. Um, she admits that it's strange to see her mom date someone who isn't her dad, but that she is the one who encouraged her mom to go on the show. And she tells her mom that she is, like, so happy for her. And she was like, I, like, I can really see him being a part of our family. But she looks incredibly uncomfortable the entire time. The daughter? Yeah. And so I don't know if she had the conversation. The way it was aired was the conversation with Gary and then the conversation with Teresa mm-hmm. that the daughter had. But I don't know if that's actually how it happened. So I don't know if she looked uncomfortable because her mom just brought a man home for the first time in her life. Yeah. Or because she's having her mom is saying how she's in love and Gary just said he isn't yet. Yeah. Teresa's sisters are very sure that she's in love and they tell Gary this and he gets teary eyed and says it's big to hear that from sisters because they know her best. Teresa also tells her sisters that she's a little insecure because she is the oldest woman left um, because she is in her 70s and the other women are in their 60s and they say that they don't think that will be an issue. Then in an interview, Gary says that he is in love with Teresa and can see her being the one who completes him. Mm. He just doesn't say this to her. Which is, hey, how this show is supposed to go. 
It is. And then he doesn't follow through with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. With everyone else. So then Faith brings Gary to meet her horses. Okay. And she is concerned about their lifestyles being different because he, she's like, he's like a, a country city boy. I was like, I don't know what that means. Awesome. Um, but he does really great with the horseback riding. He tells her he's very comfortable and enjoying where they are. And then he tells her that he doesn't want to be without her, which kind of develops into like a really good conversation because they are pointing out they both have children that they want to stay close to. But they don't live in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that Gary will have to consider more than leads have in the past. Right. That these women will not want to move away from their children and their grandchildren. Right. And the lives that they have built with them. But he won't either. Right. And I think that'll be, like, a really difficult thing to overcome. hmm So then when they go to meet her family, he tells Faith's sons that he is in love with her. Okay. And tells her older sister how strong their connection is. Then he tells her grandson that he might marry her and asks if he would be his best man. Gary. Gary, chill. This is where, like, this actually is going to get worse. When Gary gets ready to leave for his final hometown, he's like, y'all take good care of her while I'm gone. Like, we're going to meet back in L.A., whatever. Faith's sister says he should cancel that last hometown because it's obvious that he is going to pick Faith. Mm. And they all agree that they can see it, that, like, this, they're like, she is clearly, like, your person. And she, Faith says, did she just say that out loud? And he says, will you say it out loud? Okay. And then he says, I love you. In front of her family? Yes. And she says, I love you too. And they kiss. That's that's weird, dude. Yes. Gary, you gotta chill. I was like, I am baffled. I was like, I'm certain this man is not gonna be be throwing out L words everywhere. And now he's doing it in front of the children. Yeah. Yo. The itty bitties. His last hometown is Leslie in Minneapolis. Nice. He has great conversations with her family he tells her grandkids that he thinks he loves her and then he tells leslie that he does love her i I don't think any of the conversations at leslie's were like super like telling other than like they spent a lot of time with his kid with his with her grandkids because they were hilarious and they were like what are your intentions with glamma like do you love glamma will you marry glamma and he's like then in his interview after all three hometowns he says that he is feeling very strongly for all three women and doesn't know what to do at the rose ceremony for some reason they whip out like a beauty and the beast golden rose in a jar to really amp up the pressure why i don't know because it hasn't been there all fucking season well and like just one well, I was like, I was like, is he only giving out one rose? And then that's, but that's not the rose he's giving out. It's, it's like, just sitting there. Oh, okay. I just don't like, but they like panned over it to like really dramatically and like zoomed in on it. I was like, why are we looking at this? Um, okay. <laughs> then during the rose ceremony, he gives out a rose, I think to Faith. I can't remember. 
he gives out a rose, and then he gets to the final rose of the evening, and he gets very emotional. He says he needs a minute. He says he feels like he's going to throw up, and that is where they cut the episode. So now we have to wait until next week to see who goes home. Before this episode... I would have said that Teresa was his strongest connection, but now I'm thinking that she's the one who's going home. She's the only one that he did not tell her or her family explicitly that he loves her or is in love with her. He did say it in the interview, but he didn't say it to any of the people who it really mattered. Right, you know? right, yeah. Um. So I do have a feeling that she's going home. I also, like, I personally think that that Faith and Leslie look a lot alike. They do. Um, and so I, like, I wonder if that's, like, more his type or, like, I don't know. And they're the two that are younger. I think that they just have a lot in common. And so maybe, like, maybe because they do seem kind of similar, maybe he is having trouble, like, deciding between them. Yeah. Because he sees, like, a future with both of them. But I, I think that there's a reason that he didn't explicitly say that to Teresa. And he did to them. Yeah. Um, also, it was so cute. Uh, Leslie's family kept calling him a minch. And she there she's Jewish. Okay. And she said that a minch is, like, just a really good person. Cute. And so she said it to him before they met her family. She was like, I just, like, want you to know, like, like this is what you're a really good person. You're a minch, blah, blah, blah. This is what that means. And then he sat down with her brother and he and her brother said, from one minch to another. Or, mm. like, like, I can tell you're a minch. And I was like, oh, everyone thinks it. Like, cute. all of the families really liked him. Yeah. I think it's hard not to. That's cute. But... Uh, yeah, we don't know what happened yet. All right, on to Big Brother, which we're also closing in to the finale of. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of Big Brother is always when we get to see the jury house. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Corey and America are happy to be reunited. America is still very salty, saying that she hopes for Suri or Felicia to win. She is my least favorite kind of juror. Yeah. Yeah. She also seems to still believe that Bowie put her up because she didn't realize she would go home. Like, she's talking about, like, I I told her if she put me up next to Felicia, I would go. Basically that, like, Bowie's just stupid. Like, that Bowie just Mm -hmm. didn't realize that's how it would work. And Cameron has to tell her, no, like, I think she knew. I think you were the plan the whole time. Like, she wouldn't have put you up yeah. if, if she didn't want you to go. Yeah. Um, she and Corey dressed as a baby in a cradle robber for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Inside of the jury house. Which makes me wonder, like, did they, like, reach out to production, like, each of them and say, like, this is what we want to be for Halloween? Or did production go get costumes and bring it to them and say, like, this is what you're being for Halloween? Yeah, at first I thought, oh, I bet they brought costumes in case they were in the house by Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, nope, because she wouldn't have, like, known that she right. would be a cradle robber. Or did she? Oof. Suspicious. It seems that Felicia is digging her own grave back at the house. She tells Matt that Jag and Bowie are insulting him. This is clearly not what Jag was doing. She's referring to Jag saying, I ran cross country, I ran track, I played soccer. Oh, and I'm an Olympian. Like, he was not referencing Matt. 
I think mm-hmm. that was so silly. But she tells Matt that they're insulting him, and she says, aren't you listening? Aren't you paying attention to them? And Matt tells her, I can't hear them. And I truly do think that in this moment, Felicia didn't realize or remember that she was saying this to a deaf person. So I don't think the are you listening was, like, super intentional. But then she says to Matt, well, we're listening for you. We, we're listening. We heard it. Yeah. Good for Matt, first of all, because I think regardless of if that's what she meant, I think that's been his problem all season is that everyone in the house seems to be forgetting that he is a deaf person. Mm -hmm. And they're like, like we saw like Jared kind of try to take advantage of that and say like, well, you just misunderstood. We've heard how annoyed Matt is getting with the whispers. Like, and so like, good for him that he finally was, like, no, I can't fucking hear. Like, I don't know what people are saying behind my back because I cannot hear them. Yeah. Like, good for him for standing up for himself. But, like, I think that that is, like, part of the problem is that, she, yeah, she may have forgotten, but, like, that's a problem in and of itself. Right. Is that, like, right. you're not being sensitive enough to keep in mind that you are talking to a deaf person and that it would be offensive to say that they're not listening well enough and that yeah. you have to do it for them. And th- so that what, he just has to trust whatever you say because he can't hear. Yeah. That's not fair to him in this game. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. And it does seem that he's kind of upset and like possibly questioning his alliance a little bit. Just like, did I miss something that, mm-hmm. that Jag said about me? But Jag, so cute. Jag's like, I know Matt. Like, I can tell something Mm -hmm. is wrong. So Jag asks Matt basically what's going on. Matt explains the situation. um, That he got upset that Felicia would A, try to pit him and Jag against each other on, like, a personal level. That he would try Mm -hmm. to, like... That she would try to say that Jag would, like, be personally insulting to Matt. Mm -hmm. And B, that she was using his disability as, like, a strategy. Like you said, like, you're gonna have to trust me to hear hear for you. I'll be your ears. Like, so Matt says, I want her the fuck out. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also would have thought that Jag and Bowie would want her the fuck out at this point. Because she is throwing them under the bus and really could have fucked their games if Matt had believed her. Yeah. But, alas, Jag convinces Matt that they should vote out Sari. For a second there, when Jag voted for Sari, I thought maybe Matt is gonna make them do a tie vote so that he can single-handedly send Felicia home, like he had said. But, nope. We... Get to see Jag say that because this became personal this week, if Matt truly wanted Felicia out, he would have done what Matt wanted. I think this is a very nice and, like, perfectly fine boundary to have in this house. Like, if if Matt wants him out or wants her out because of, like, this microaggression or, like, the personal thing, like, I will do that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know that it's, like, better for my game to not do that. Mm-hmm. But I just want to know, how cutthroat do you think Jag is willing to get with Matt? Like, he's obviously looking out for his own game at the expense of Matt's. Like, he acknowledges Sari would have been the better choice for Matt's game, but she's not for my game. So, do you think there is a world where Jag would not take Matt to the final two? 
I really don't know because on one hand, I feel like they really are close and like trying to be in this together. And I do see it kind of being like Derek and Cody. Right. Where like they want like a powerful final two. They want their alliance to be the final two. But on the other hand, I don't think I would blame Jag if he does move forward kind of ending for himself because that's kind of the nature of the game. And I think that I think I think Jag's going to win regardless, but I think that he has a better chance winning against Bowie or Felicia than he apparently not for America, but (laughs) against Bowie or Felicia than against Matt because like Matt is like at this point, the second best game player in the house. Sure. So like, I think, I don't know. I think that I can see it being like Derek and Cody where they just want their alliance to be the final two, but I could also see it being like, this is going to at least increase my chances. Like, right. Like, I want to go up against someone who has, like, not done well this season. Right. Because I know that I'll win against them for sure. Yeah. So they go into the HOH, and as soon as they showed that it was a booth competition, I said, Bowie's going to win this in a tiebreaker. And sure enough, <laughs> this woman, like... I- can't do can't do any other fucking shit in this house. No. So Bowie has nominated Felicia and Matt. Mm-hmm. Some live feed updates are that Felicia is talking to the camera, saying that before coming to the house, she had seen in a dream from God that she would be going to the final two and she would be winning this game. So I guess that's the mustard seed faith that has been yeah. Has been getting her here. Yeah. Felicia, be so fucking for real right now. You are not winning this game. Like, there is literally no way in hell. And, like, I was telling I was telling my husband, like, I think it's one thing if, if this game, like, it's just who gets to the end the fastest and she, like, suddenly is, like, going hard on the comps. But it's, like, you get voted for. Right. And no one is going to vote for you up against people who, like, very thoroughly strategized, played strong social games, played strong physical games, played strong mental games. Like, they're not going to pick you. They're not going to pick the chicken tenders and the rogue lady. Yeah, yeah. It also seems from the live feeds that Bowie Jane is telling Matt and Jag all about her prior alliances, which, like, I guess at this point is fine. She tells mm-hmm. them about the professors, for real, for real, and Legend Twenty Five. Jag wins the veto, and then someone will be going home on Sunday. Also, since we're going into finale week, and by the time we're back next week, this will all be over. Here is a quick review of the current resumes. So Bowie has not hit the block once and has won three HOHs. That's really not too bad, if you think about it. It's a pretty good resume. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe that Bowie has formed very many solid connections in the house, like, throughout Mm -hmm. the season. So I I, agree. I think, like, she's very surface level and has, like, certainly been, like, floated to this point. Mm -hmm. I think, one, she's a floater, and two, she's only won the same competition every time in the same way. That's not that impressive. Yeah. Felicia has won one HOH this season, and it was the HOH that got Heisem out. 
So I'd say, like, that would be a pretty good resume builder if it had not there were more. literally said full stop after that. Right. Jack has won the most amount of veto comps in a season and is tied with both Michael and Janelle for the most total comp wins in a season. So he's won seven vetoes and nine total comps, which is actually surprising who, to Michael me. Michael who? Michael, Michael Bruner from last... Yeah. <laughs> so he's won seven vetoes and nine total comps, which was shocking to me to hear that he's only won two HOHs. I had to, like, mm-hmm. play that back. And it was the invisible HOH and then the one right after. Mm-hmm. Jag has mostly gotten what he wanted with every move and every eviction, including being evicted once but saved, which is often a mixed opinion on, like, whether that mm-hmm. makes you better, like, that you've survived that, or if it makes your resume worse because you got a second chance that no one else got. And I think it could mm-hmm. hurt him in the end that, like, this wasn't, like, a comeback where he won a comp to come back. Like, he was just saved mm-hmm. by Matt. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, like, take that or leave it. Matt has just been nominated for the first time. So similar to Bowie, hadn't been nominated the whole season. First nomination was in the final four on day 93. I say that's still pretty impressive. Somebody had to mm-hmm. go up. He has won five total competitions, but two of them were not really, like, whatever. One was the invincibility comp that saved Jag, and one was the recent luxury comp. So, still wins, but, you know. So, we'll yeah. see how this shakes out. Yeah, I do like this season, though. Yeah, it's been good. Right. I think Mary should design some be-so-fucking-for-real merch. <laughs> <laughs> Be so fucking I like wrote that down in my notes and then I was like editing last week's Sherry Papini episode mm-hmm. and I was like I'm saying this a lot. Yeah. Because Sherry Papini do not be so fucking for real. Bye. Bye. Next time on The Housewife Did It, Mary will tell Katie the story of serial killer George Russell Jr. And join us on YouTube only for a special bonus episode about an unsolved mystery. Follow us on all social media at Housewife Did It Pod, Housewife Singular. Mm-hmm.